Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge! The bridge! Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> Everybody, it's your full-time streamer, Wizard Hold McNeely. Mash that sub button, like, and subscribe. Please, please, please. And also, all donations are greatly appreciated, but not necessary. But if you can find it deep in your heart to give a little bit of change, kick a little bit of change over towards Holdenator's Ho, I'd greatly appreciate it. Streamlabs.com forward slash Holdenator's Ho. It's that easy. Uh, all right. Now we're going to do, we're going to play some Resident Evil Village. I uh, hope you guys really are into that, dude. I'm having such a great time tonight with you guys. Thank you so much, chat. Dude, chat, whatever, bro. Get out of here with that talk, all right? Come on, chat. Uh, how about you? Uh, hi, it's me, not Jake. I'm not Jake, the co-host of this podcast. Uh, 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 you got debated. You got, you got debated. <laughs> oh, right. oh, shit, you just got debated. That's right, fellow Twitch enjoyers. I know what the terms are. <laughs> I didn't lie. I didn't troll. I didn't uh, play a prank. I did a very specific thing called debating. <laughs> and uh, today, of course, we're here to talk about the platform Twitch.tv. I'm so excited about this episode because it literally, this platform changed my life. It allowed me to walk away from a horrible day job <laughs> that I had. I mean, what's funny is it's so meta. Because tw- between Twitch TV and this podcast yes. changed my life. I was able to walk away from my terrible day job between these two things and uh, you know, go full-time as an entertainer, as a content creator. And uh, so and and it and also, but Twitch had fascinated me for years before that, or at least a couple years before that, as I was spending hours on end watching Twitch streams at my day job, uh, because it was such a great way. It was always there for me, and it was endless hours of content. I mean, because everybody knows, I mean, shit, I've even seen on Roundtable Facebook page, Roundtable Gentleman Facebook page, the podcast I did before this, uh, you know, people talking about how like they're they just got through their third listen of the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and they're sad and they want to restart. And podcasts, you know, there's tons out there and there's lots to get through to entertain you at your day job. But 
eventually your favorite podcast runs out of new episodes. It just is a fact, right? And you have to wait for the next one. Whereas Twitch, every single day, it is endless hours of people giving you content. And you there's something for everyone. And so there's just such a wealth of content. Have I said that word enough yet? Get ready for a lot more of me saying that uh, on that channel on that platform to get you through that fucking day job, man. And if uh, you're 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 cushy enough like me, where you have a desk that's perfectly cornered so that your supervisor never actually <laughs> sees what's on your screen, usually, unless they come around this weird barrier and sometimes they do do that and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, don't look at, I'm definitely not watching people play video games mm-hmm. for hours instead of working. Uh, it is, it's a great way for, it's a great thing for that. It's a great thing for monetizing specific niche entertainment stuff. I mean, especially video games, but all sorts of other things. At its best, it's this wild west of like new forms of entertainment. And at its worst, it's, um, social paris it's parasocial Cyber uber bullying. driving yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 because like for every uh you know uh, i'm just gonna throw out random names with no value uh judgment assigned to them for every xqc for every pokimane for every hassan for every dr disrespect there's like thousands of people millions even streaming to nobody in particular hoping yeah. that like this is their way out of their life that they're stuck in yeah it's this amazing mix of the human experience Uh, And the platform itself has had so many highs and lows in terms of personalities, because once your life becomes content, uh, you know, all of a sudden you start revealing things that you shouldn't be revealing. You start opening yourself up to fans in a way that you shouldn't be opening up. You start doing things and having things that you've done kind of blown up and in like a very invasive way to the point where you don't know what's performance and what's uh, real anymore. And it all kind of feeds into itself. It's yeah. incredible. Well, Jake, uh, I yeah. gotta say, when I was a, when I was uh, first getting you know online, I also was would check in on Twitch uh, at my day jobs, and for the most part, I was like, okay, so this is uh, why is so this is YouTube game footage, but with no editing and a lot of racists in a chat on the side. <laughs> like I didn't see the appeal at all. Right, right. And as the Baseline Twitch culture, which in my head is it's the closest thing I can think of in terms of parallels is like in this like 2010s kind of era, there was like Tumblr culture and there was Twitch culture and Twitch culture evolved and built its own vocabulary and built its own kind of uh, 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 almost rhythm. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until fairly recently that the platform finally outgrew the base Twitch culture in a lot of ways that I feel. Uh Uh-huh, for sure. It definitely has become way bigger than um, it once its early roots, for sure, Uh, especially back when it was Justin.tv. And I think for me, I had similar. I definitely, I think a lot of people are almost intimidated by the site when they first discover it. They... You're like, what is this? It's it's differently organized than other sites. It's organized by category, and a lot of times that category is a specific video game. Mm-hmm. I think for me, before I was even really obsessed with PUBG and streaming it for hours on end every single day, 
uh, well before that, uh, Dr. Disrespect, I think, was the first person that caught my eye because I think as a person with a sketch comedy background, and say what you will about like who he, you know, who he is and, and, and uh, the controversies, and we will talk about the controversies surrounding him, actually, and this was like before a lot of that. What caught my eye was his ability to commit to a character for many, many hours and play a, play a video game decently well enough and have all of the this support and love coming his way and doing comedy but doing it in in the uh, while also playing a video game which definitely sparked me to be like maybe I could try this and also um you know to see all the innovations he was doing he had all these like cut twos these like green screened environments where yeah. he's like in his apartment and he's like doing taekwondo and shit and like making jokes and then he'd cut back to the game and i was like oh this is more than just uh, people sitting and playing video games, or it can be way more than that. We can really experiment in this space, and the barrier to entry is making a Twitch account. And so, I mean, I, should I get into my gush right now? I mean, I'll just tell my story. I've told it before. Forgive me if you've heard it before, but I definitely, I feel like it's appropriate for this episode, uh, of course, it being about Twitch. Um, okay, cool. I will. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't realize you were asking. Asking. <laughs> I, <was like> <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know if you wanted to add anything before we we uh, go down that road because you know I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so the reason why I just I love I love this story is because it started with a forty dollar purchase. You know, <laughs> when I've said the barrier to entry is so low. I mean, I guess it started with the purchase of a PS4 before that. I had uh, just moved in with my now wife, Lexi, into a very small studio apartment in Astoria that we lived in for a year. Uh, and while we were together, I was just my sketch group was falling apart. Roundtable of Gentlemen was starting to show the cracks, uh, was starting to kind of slow down as, as people were getting more busy that were a part of it and unable to uh, be there because of touring and getting the kind of jobs in comedy that I was dying to get. I was so desperate to have and just could not figure it out. And out of sheer desperation over uh, the course of a, of a year or so, I just was like, I'm going to just try everything. And so I saw Twitch and I was like, fine, fuck it. Why don't we just do a Twitch stream? Just see what it's like. Like, see, you know, the idea of, you know, it was so crazy to me too. Because I hadn't even done a lot of online gaming at that point. Like Destiny was the first, not Destiny, um, Division was the first kind of online gaming experience I had. And that was on a PS4 in that studio apartment that I lived in for a year. So, I mean, I had just started talking to people online in a video game way, right? Because mm -hmm. even doing Roundtable Gentlemen, I was doing the PlayStation Network shoutouts, right? So that earned me a bunch of rando PlayStation friends that were fans of the of the Roundtable, right? So it, through that, I ended up playing with just various random people and starting to be like, what is this online space? I mean, I was such an old man when it came to that. Before you know it, I get the PlayStation camera for $40.00. It was so, there's literally a share button on the PlayStation controller. It could not have been made more simple for me to do a, a weekly stream. And, and uh, Lexi, I talked to Lexi about it. We decided to do one of those, which is so funny. I feel like I thought it was a novel idea in the past, but it's like literally like everybody and their brother has like one of these streams where you let's play a video game with my 
girlfriend who doesn't play video games and just like see the shenanigans and then just enjoy the hitting the couch. But my main thing with Lexi, especially after doing some of my own research, just going online, being like, what what does a streamer make? You know, a full time streamer. What 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 does that consist of? And um, definitely, you know, consistency was one of the biggest things, right? So I just said to Lexi, like, if you want to do this with me, we have to do it every single week at the exact same time for the exact same amount of time. Like, that's the only thing I care about. And we started doing this Monday night stream. It was like a late night Monday night stream. And uh, she played through Final Fantasy VII. And after like a year of us doing this stream, and we had a very little community. It was like 15 to at most 30 people on any given night. Um, But the same people were starting to show up, right? And hang out with us for like two plus hours while we played this video game and argued with each other and got to know us better. And they were, they, uh, you know, pretty much all of them came from Roundtable. Like all of them were fans from that podcast who wanted to hang out with us uh, in our live, in our living room bedrooms, it was a studio apartment. <laughs> and bathroom. For, and, and bathroom. It was all right. The end kitchen was right to our right. My <laughs> God. Thinking back on it now, it's like blows me away that we did that for a year because it was so crazy. But for me, it was liberation because I finally kind of had my own apartment again for the first time, mm. even though, you know, it was, I shared it with my girlfriend, but but at the time, girlfriend, now wife. But, you know, it's it's different when it's like that. Regardless, after like a year of just doing it for free every single week on a Monday night for a small handful of people, we we had started, you know, Lexi would kind of complain about her back every now and again, talk about how our couch was old and shitty and we needed a new couch. I think by this time we had finally uh, moved into this into a one bedroom apartment in the same building, but still it's a tiny upgrade, but still. Uh, and people literally had to tell us, hey, you know, we could help you with that. And we we it didn't even cross our minds. We were like, what? And they were just like. Yeah, uh, you know, you give us hours of free entertainment every single week. You've been doing it for a year now or whatever, plus all the roundtable stuff. Like, we could, like, help you get a new couch. And then we we put a PayPal link in chat. We didn't even do it through Streamlabs or anything like that, which is, like, kind of the extension stuff that you Are do Are you with still donations. using the built-in PlayStation 4 Twitch functionality at this point? Because yes. I remember those first streams because I was like, oh, yeah, what an totally. exciting thing Holden is doing. <laughs> and the first thing I noticed was, like, Wow, this overlay, this entire yeah. system is just like so a, basic. A not even basic, like a a a um a secondary class experience. Yeah, compared it, to a, like twitching from a webcam with like a nice capture card and all that. But the thing is, it's so good to get started. And now Ben Kissel still he will stream those Madden streams that way, right? Yeah. So even people are currently doing it, and it's just such an easy way to get up and running. And then all that stuff can come later, mm-hmm. you know. It was it's kind of like when we were trying to um, essentially create like a theater company, but for our sketch comedy group, uh, our mentor for that was like, you know, a lot of people when they're starting up a theater company, they get the stationary first, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and that's the funny kind of joke about it. Like there's all these fundamental things you need to get going first. Well, in the Twitch world, it's like they get the purple neon lighting first. Oh, God. And you, know you got to I mean? get a racer back chair. I mean, can yeah, you even yeah, imagine all, being all a streamer if you don't? Instead of like perfecting So the much content. of that aesthetic yeah. is so, so weird, weird to, to me, me because you you see because that's what the professional gamers because so many early Twitch stars were like esports people just kind of training and like kind of making a little like money on the side. Right. And they had the racer back chairs and they had the LED lighting and they had 
the uh, fancy overlays and the logos. So all of a sudden, all these people are like, well, obviously, I want to start streaming, so I have to go shopping for chairs. I think it says a lot to me about like a lot people's need for uniformity and like people's like need, you know what I mean? Instead of because my first instinct is like I want to, and I wish I had even more nuance to my background that said more like this is a Holden stream, right? <laughs> um, but but well, a quick example of that though, I tried to do the green screen screen stream for a little bit where it's just me in front of a green screen so that you only have the game behind me, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Hey, we hate this. We love watching Lexi make a sandwich in the background in the kitchen. We love having the like real room <laughs> behind you. We like the rawness of that aesthetic." And so I was like, "Okay, cool," and I immediately went back to it but going back to my uh way too long short story uh i'll just say we put a paypal link on at this point we have a laptop on the couch with us at least so we're a little bit more advanced yeah and we get the couch in like two streams i think it was if that we get the couch money so fast i think it was like six hundred dollars or something for the couch we were trying to get like a nice sectional we got it so quickly and i am so miserable at my day job and the first spark of a notion of like wait a second could this actually like be the thing? And then my day job threatened me with a much a quote unquote promotion where they're going to pay me a little bit more and make my life a living hell by giving me way more responsibility. And we're even like very upfront about that. We're, they were like, we're going to sit you down with everybody in the office and they're going to go around and tell you all the things you're going to be doing for them from now on because we don't think you're doing enough and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Because I wasn't, uh, but still, uh, uh, I and so they were like, either you can leave in March. This is in December during my end of the year performance review. You can either leave, stay till March, and then leave, or we're gonna do this, right? And I left for the weekend, and I thought about it, and I came in. I was like, I think I'm gone in March. Sorry, boss. I'm a gamer now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just said it, and my whole idea was like, if I can raise up the money for a gaming PC and like a full stream setup to actually do the things you were just talking about, yeah. Jake. Like have a professional looking overlaid stream, professional looking, quote unquote, it still is not that professional looking, <laughs> uh, but I am a partner, damn it. I am a Switch partner. Um, then I will n- I will quit my day job and just go full time into podcasting, streaming, and I was doing a little bit of teaching and sketch comedy directing on the side, right? I will just go full time though my passion, right? And, um, and not look for another day job. And... I got that money in like like a month or something. I mean, for a full gaming PC. And like, it was so crazy. I get emotional talking about it because there were literally people, <laughs> it's so hard to talk about, um, who were like, I believe in you. You know what I mean? It makes <laughs> Holden, me so you're really emotional. choking up. I am. It really was like, because... You know, for the longest time, if these uh, are nice people <laughs> and they like you, Holden, then maybe, just maybe, you're not the gigantic piece of shit you always assumed yeah, you were. For for the longest time, I struggled so hard to have a job in entertainment, and like, ugh, it makes me. I'm so sorry. Holden, did you just spend time with your baby? Do you have like dad hormones <laughs> rushing through your blood? No, no, I've never time, seen you like this. Every time I talk about this moment in my life, it was the most important life-changing moment in my life and like my whole life got better like I was so miserable Jake for years and years and and just constantly watching all and you know everybody goes through this watching all of my friends blow up Mm. and become so successful and at the very least get a minor job in like what they do you know what I mean like you had a corporate job but it was at least you know using your talent you know what I mean you weren't just like filling up spreadsheets and like doing admin 
just in admin hell, you know what I mean? And just feeling like no one in the industry was going to give me a chance, you know? And like to to just have people give me a chance mm. and not a fucking suit in an office. I, I hate fucking uh, uh, authority <laughs> or really more so authority hates me. Anyone in like a high position of power, like anytime we've had a pitch or a networking meeting or like something like that, it it, it just I feel like they can smell it on me. That I just, <laughs> there's something going on where like I just could not break through into this industry, and it took people, like real people, to say yes, like you belong in this space. It's um, you're I mean you're tapping into something very essential about Twitch and its experience that. Again, all these higher, uh, you know, notoriety streamers, the people that really make it big, that make waves on that platform are people that are are almost like authority uh, allergic, kind of like you, where, you know, uh, yes, the <laughs> current top uh, guy, XQC. Uh, yeah. made it bit we'll made his more name about him later as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made his name as a professional Fortnite player, and he was banned and then kicked off uh, out of the whole league because he literally could not stop trash talking. It was just he was physically <laughs> unable to because he's this weird monster person that like. <laughs> but because the platform was built by like this community of people that were also kind of in a way monster people, like they found something more wholesome and they found like a whole community. And their own language and their own vocabulary to like engage with one another. And some of them should not be allowed to uh, broadcast uh, for. <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> thing. That's what happens when there's no suits. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happens when uh, Amazon buys the whole thing, just says, all right, everybody go nuts. We'll just take a cut of everything off the top. And uh, if s- enough of you literally go crazy, We'll have a PR campaign where we talk about a safety team and not change that much. <laughs> right. And, and we're going to get into a lot of the, like, a bunch of the controversies and stuff in just a little bit. And I'll wrap up for sure. That was pretty much the main thing. The story with this story was just getting me to get to the cry part where people were just actually showed any amount of, like, you you can be an entertainer for a living. Uh, but also, after that point, I get the gaming PC and I have my own TV channel. Mm -hmm. And it's in my living room, and I can do whatever I want. And so I do try a bunch of things. I get to do a live sketch comedy show, uh, you know, that every like every month and a half or whatever. I I we I tried this weird like character show with my buddy John. I kind of tried the Doctor Disrespect thing a little bit. We do, you know, now we have cocktails where my buddy Jeff and I uh, and Carly we we uh, make a different cocktail every week and show it off in like a slideshow kind of way, and then just get drunk uh, and karaoke. Look in Holden's YouTube archives. You can see me get pretty much blackout drunk. (laughs) Yeah, now and and like and it keeps evolving, and that's what I love about it. Like I started a stream during pandemic. uh, uh, My wife uh, Lexi ended up having to do these like uh, overnight stay kind of things with the family that she's a nanny for, and so I had to replace our stream on Tuesday that we did together. That we you know we kind of continuation from called the marriage test continuation from that Final Fantasy VII stream, Um, uh, and uh, so I ended up playing. Sea of Thieves with like my three friends, uh, Skulk, Drew, the Rooster, and Kellen. And that has now evolved to the Money Pit, <laughs> which we do now, which it turned into an Among Us night where we had like, and we started bringing in more people. And now there's this Money Pit thing where people donate and the person who wins the final game of Quiplash the night like wins all the money. And I just love how. I didn't like wake up one day and decide that was going to be the thing I was going to do. It just like naturally evolved. It naturally, you know, I think actually a member of chat, 
uh, is a sparkle fart, whatever, a member of Chad. Amazing. Right? Of course, the, the Twitch episode has like, and then my life changed when sparkle fart. Sparkle fart said, <laughs> hey, why don't you collect, donate, like all the donations you collect, you, you give it out like as a prize to the winner. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And then it just became really popular. I remember on my Friday Night Jack and stream, um, we, the collage came out of nowhere. And I don't know anyone else who does that. And the collage is essentially users, you know, chat donates $5.00. Uh, you know, for a picture, and I add it to this. I add it to my screen layout, right? Mm-hmm. And and that became this amazing way of. That's my favorite, um, actually, uh, type of donation incentive, right? It does three things at once. It gives me content. It brings the community up. It like it it it, it adds more community interaction because a lot of the pictures they're posting are of them or their pets or their babies or something like that, and. It's um, just a popular dono, you know what I mean? It just it's something that people really like want to donate for that that uh, never seems to get old for for chat to to support or give money towards, and and coming up with those incentives and things too are are is like so fun and and uh it, it, you know and and I just love that like you can kind of do what everyone else is doing in this space on Twitch. You can learn so much from what everybody else is doing and then also like add your spin on it and make it totally yours, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's so intimate and to the point where I had to stop playing like Street Fighter on stream because I was getting too actually mad. Mm -hmm. And although that was very entertaining for a lot of people, at the same time, it was also very like... um, uh, not healthy for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was definitely like after a stream, I'd be like, yeah, that was entertaining, but is that actually my intention to like actually get Be the off angry guy? Like, yeah, like is that what I'm trying to give off right now? You know, so... Um, I don't know. It's it's. I just love it so much as a platform and I'm, uh, uh, you know, at the same time, it is not, you know, it has allowed me to make a living, but it's not mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't own Twitch, so I'm always susceptible to it going belly up on me or something happening. You know, I mean, the same way I feel about like, what if Patreon just decides like they can't do it anymore? You know what I mean? <laughs> or, so, well, or they don't want to. Just because they have so threatened like that. that that is a possibility several times in the past few years doesn't mean <laughs> you should dwell on it, Holden. You know what I mean? Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. But it has become, and I really love that. Uh, I really want to get into this. Um, it has become um, definitely the the way that they they approached it was like we're gonna focus on the streamer, not on the audience or the advertisers. We're gonna focus on the streamer, and we're gonna make it about how the streamer can monetize this and how the streamer can can grow a community and succeed. And all of the innovations they've made on the site have been more geared mostly towards that. And I think that's reading that I was like it 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 made me realize like oh yeah that's why I love it so much because mm-hmm. I feel like they're 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 taking care of me the most you know what I mean and and supporting me and what I'm trying to do and uh I think that that's so fucking cool you know um at least for the time being and uh, I'm not sure where <laughs> I'm always so afraid they're gonna finally discover my stream some you know what I mean or in yeah. some bigger way and be like I don't like at all what this guy's doing he's get the fuck off of this platform because you know it's not like we're the cleanest or whatever and uh uh this that and the other anyways I digress that was a very long that rant. is I mean it's less so than kind of YouTube which has had several ad apocalypses but Twitch in this modern era is going through a little bit of these growing pains as uh Amazon is trying to fully in uh 
kind of legitimize what was this like Wild West kind of anything goes space. Uh, the you know the content is spreading into more uh, different genres. IRL streamers, even like uh, channels that were built on gaming, now might spend like over half of their uh, streaming hours just watching reruns of Kitchen Nightmares. Like it is kind of yeah. Uh, and doing things that uh, places like YouTube, which have a content ID system, uh, just can't, uh, you know. But uh, I remember when they finally enforced uh, DMCA for music ID on the Twitch platform. That caused a whole bunch of like kind of uh, that shook a lot of streamers to their core because they realized there was a big brother kind of watching over them and that the priorities for once were not in their favor. Uh-huh. And uh, the... The thing about Twitch that is, yeah, it is the monetization. It is that there are channel points, there are bits, there are subs, there are individual donations. The uh, discoverability is completely uh, deprioritized where it, there is no algorithm. On YouTube, they might, on, a, on any given day, just like completely change which videos they serve to their users. And the entire uh, ecosystem has to adapt to that. But on Twitch, you hit that browse button. And all you see is just what other people are watching. And I yeah. have ended up on all sorts of weird streams, uh, all watching all sorts of bizarre people just because I'm interested in a topic and something about that thumbnail and the right amount of viewers that vouched for this person uh, led me into following them. And I find that fascinating. And that is definitely more in favor of the streamer than any advertiser or anything else. Uh, and... The fact that it is owned by Amazon is kind of weird because you expect once the yeah. once these tech Uber, not Uber, although I did compare it to Uber, um, once these <laughs> tech overlords get involved, the fun kind of gets sucked out of it. And a lot of fans will say that the golden age was like right. right after the initial acquisition when you got the Twitch Prime and you got uh, all these subs and streamers were making money. Uh, and streamers were even making headlines. People like Tyler One, who was, uh, you know him as the guy in the tank top who constantly goes like, ah, I'm doing like the Goku voice. Like he's in a bunch of memes. Was uh, just the most toxic little League of Legends gremlin of all time, playing Draven, feeding down the middle, just like being a giant, glowing, prominent shithead uh, for a game that had nothing but like contempt and was pumping millions of dollars into trying to change its reputation as the refuge of the shitheads. And they banned him permanently um, only to have the fans be like, no, this shithead speaks for us. And like people would show up with signs being like free Tyler. People would be, uh, you know, it took them years. And then they finally were just like gave up and were like, welcome back. Like you can play again because uh, it is a weirdly, vocal and forceful place where gamers can kind of unite and make their demands heard. It's, it's yeah, so bizarre. And, and you nailed it too. I love that there's, there's extremely positive, good vibe streams. And then there's on purpose, toxic asshole streams. You know what I mean? And that, and there's a huge community that fucking loves that shit, you know, and it's, it's there for you. And then sometimes someone leaks discord transcripts of the, uh, <laughs> nice positive streamer. It turns out they're a monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's always the opposite of what they present anyways, but okay, let's get into it. We are now 30 minutes into this episode. I, I knew this would be a bit more of a long 
long-winded one because of the of the actual personal connection to uh, this whole thing. I mean, it's just uh, it was so fundamental to my life. And uh, even you are now streaming, albeit on YouTube, but live streaming is just is just invaded. And through the pandemic, I literally watched every single person, and including all the people who looked at me cockeyed when I started doing this thing and was like, "What the fuck are you doing over there?" And I feel I felt the disrespect of like me kind of doing this and not like trying to get like a shitty staff writing job or something like that instead you know all have streams now they uh, if anybody is now. wants to offer Holden a shitty writing staff job I'll just bite I'll dive on that grenade <laughs> for him I'll just go ahead I, pro- I would Don't- definitely pro- I would probably say yes to that job if you also would like to offer me that job. I'll no, 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 hold in, hold in, hold in. You're right. Stick to your guns, buddy. You're you're a so you're a lone wolf in this uh, crazy landscape. I'll go I ahead say, and take the step. I will say the there was a funny realization getting into Twitch where I was like, wait, why am I trying to get a different kind of nine to five job? I fucking hate nine to five jobs. I'll be it is probably. 10 to 6 because it's a writing job but still I'm like why am I trying to just do the thing I hate but just in this other you know but but at least uh, health insurance the answer to that question yeah, is health insurance is health insurance all right here we go a brief history of live streaming the earliest recorded incident of a live stream dates back to June 24, 1990. Are we talking about the fucking coffee pot? <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's a band called Severe Tire Damage. Oh, uh, okay. You know what the initials of that are? Yeah, one of those clever... I had a uh, some kids in my high school class. They had a band called Slarge the Done for very mm-hmm. s- similar reasons. Uh, okay. Maybe. I thought you were talking about how the first <laughs> webcam was some bullshit at like Stanford where they just stuck a digital <laughs> camera to watch the coffee pot so people knew when there was a fresh pot. No, 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 no. This was like the first live stream onto the internet. Mm. And this band was made up of tech geeks and they all worked at Xerox Park in Palo Alto, California. So there were, you know, a bunch of geeks in a band. They were playing on the patio of the tech campus. There's this other group of nerds that decided to use them as the subject of their new experiment. A live stream of their jam sesh using a network called Imbone, which stood for Multicast Backbone. This technology was created to decrease the amount of bandwidth required to transmit video and audio, and still it used... I don't even understand what this exactly means, but it's such a funny thing. Still, to do what they were doing, they had to use about half the available bandwidth of the total bandwidth of the internet at the time to do this live stream like and uh, it's kind of nuts i mean because it's fucking 1993 don't worry though i guarantee having uh my childhood defined by real player videos uh it was definitely the shittiest video and the shittiest audio you've ever seen here just like my god yeah like somehow the picture was probably only like eight pixels wide and it was still a tiny little square to like the smallest little square just a blurry mess i remember watching like primus music videos online in high school and it was literally like such a tiny block of of video that you had to like get right up to the screen to even just see. Yeah, what but it was. Uh, but it, those the audio coming out of those old, old PC speakers <laughs> just being like, I know it's got a big Oh, and you're just thinking to yourself, this is as good as it gets. As good as it possibly could be is oh man, downloading hitting download on a um on a Green Day uh, a picture of Green Day going to class <laughs> for the day. <laughs> 
and finally returning to it fin- just finishing at the end of the day. That was definitely a thing I did. They continued to stream the band, including them opening, this is uh, severe tire damage, including them opening for the Rolling Stones at the end of 1994, which is kind of amazing. And then later in 1995, a company was founded called Real Networks, which developed Real Player, one of the first media players that had live streaming capabilities, allowing for more p- general public use of the concept. This is kind of opening the doors to anyone being able to use it. And so using that, the first live sports event was streamed to the internet. And that would be the Seattle Mariners versus the New York Yankees in 1995. Although apparently it was only audio that was captured. Then in 1999, then-President Bill Clinton was the first president to a live broadcast. And in 2005, YouTube launches, which fully popularized video streaming, which opened the doors for a lot of folks to experiment in that space. And that is how we get to a man named Justin Kahn or Can? Kahn. Justin Khan, the wrath, but not Justin spelled K A N, not like Genghis Khan. I get that's where go. the confusion is. Hey, mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say yes. I need help, and yes, I choose me, and that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol. Reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Also, yeah, so uh, so while at Yale in 2005, same time, uh, around the same time, uh, this guy, Justin, and his collaborators, Emmett Shear, who, real quick, just spoiler alert, Emmett Shear is still, I believe, the CEO of Twitch, mm-hmm. and that is why Amazon didn't fully fuck up Twitch, because they kept the guy who really had, he was kind of the guy who came up with the concept of Twitch, he's still in 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 power, still making sure that you know they're they're supporting, trying to get people to make money doing this and that sort of thing. Um, the collaborators collaborators Emmett Shear, along with uh, Michael Siebel and Kyle Vaught, uh, were trying to get his first company. Kiko Software into the spotlight. And so this was a failed project, an online calendar, essentially like a way, way shittier early version of like Google Calendar. Um, they were trying to get that popular. It didn't catch on. They end up auctioning the whole thing, the whole calendar thing off on eBay for $258,000. Uh, and that is what led to them deciding to try out a new concept to live stream their lives and broadcast it on the internet. Um, what came to be known at the time as life casting. This was also inspired by popular reality shows at the time, like Big Brother, that just oh, had cameras all over a house. Big and Brother. Uh, the Truman Show, Ed TV, everyone was like, oh boy, I can't wait till the future of entertainment is watching uh, a web 1.0 tech bro kind of uh, walk around. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what it was. And that's how Justin TV came to be. The only thing he didn't stream was just, you know, uh, pooping and peeing and showering. Uh, otherwise, his whole life was streamed with a camera attached to a to his hat connected to a laptop rig that he wore um, created by Kyle Vaught. 
The actual website did have a chat box. Look it up, by the way. Look up early Justin TV. Uh, the 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 it had a chat box. It had an about me section, and I was making jokes about how tiny the the actual video window is. It's it is very small for Justin TV as well. Um, he also. Very early on, I think it was maybe a year into the project or so, he gets the first version of a swatting incident. The cops are called to his house. Uh, you know, they're doing all the things that are still like common, shitty internet viewer pranks a bunch of food getting ordered to his house, like pizzas and stuff. Uh, that stuff starts happening. I love that immediately people are like, how do we make this awful for this guy? Like, they, they just gave it no time whatsoever to start swatting and doing all these terrible, terrible things. Also, a thing that uh, happens is uh, the developers start inserting secret emotes that, when typed into the chat box, reveal uh, little images. Among them is a uh, a guy named uh, Josh DeSeno, who uh, inserted a black and white photo of his own head. Uh, that would appear when you typed a random phrase. Josh, being a fan of Japan and specifically Japanese folklore, decided to use the uh, little turtle monster, otherwise known as the Kappa, in order to make his secret emote. Nice, nice. And to this day, when you want to be a little sassy, you want to <laughs> kind of just let the streamer know that you're uh, yep. you're raising your eyebrow a little, you're a little sarcastic, the Kappa face is still a vibrant part of Twitch culture. Absolutely. Uh, so I think the main thing right now with Justin.tv is Justin is just like a tech yeah. guy. He's not really like having, he, he doesn't really have the kind of pizzazz that one needs to be like a real popular streamer. It is kind of the only game in town, right? So there's definitely a big element of that. So that is when iJustine comes along. iJustine, uh, this is a woman who had a tech background, initially worked in graphic design and video editing, but before becoming a finalist in a talent show hosted by Yahoo, which got her making online videos. And in 2007, she joined the Justin.TV site with her own live cast as a beta tester. Didn't didn't get paid. W- went on to have over, now she has over 5 million subscribers on YouTube. And essentially, she's she's beautiful. She's got pizzazz. She's got, you know, but also had that geeky tech background oh, so that yeah. she kind of could could do it all. And that's like the se- mwah, secret sauce to being a really successful streamer. Like you have a good personality. You've got the look. You've got you know, but you also know your way around a PC. Know know your way around you know digital you know uh, uh, and uh, graphic design and video stuff uh, for online. Another and, 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 and early boom. user of uh, Justin.tv for live streaming was the uh, bizarre media empire that like is it feels like almost Gen X's version of like uh, internet celebrities, but uh, the week in tech, mm. the Twit universe also had a large presence on Justin.tv. Just to like let you know, this really was like a web 1.0 kind of mm-hmm, deal. This mm-hmm. was not uh this this it's it's a the whole Justin TV thing is like a it's from a previous lifetime in terms of but internet. In- in 2007, it really explodes, and by the middle of that year, there are over 60 different channels on the site, and the whole thing goes open network in October of that year, allowing anyone to register and broadcast, and 30,000 accounts were registered by April 2008. Categories are added around this time. Uh, categories like featured, people in life casting, sports, music and radio, gaming, which was just a category, news and tech, animals, entertainment, divas and dudes. <laughs> divas and dudes. Mm. I, I wish I could go to that. I wish they had that category now because that's so dumb sounding. Um, 
So uh, networks were added a couple months later, allowing for both a forum for one's channel and officers that could mod the channel and chat. So moderators mm-hmm. were essentially created around this time. Uh, then there was a redesign of the site in 2009 to simplify the whole thing, and a past broadcast page replaced the archive page, in which broadcasts were saved as a clip and deleted after seven days unless the user highlighted it for a permanent save. And if you've never done Twitch before or never had a Twitch channel, these are like early versions of fundamental Twitch stuff, like high, making highlights, clips, bods, you know, having clips, the fact that they do get deleted, so you have to archive them to YouTube, that's going to come later, um, but that that is a big deal. Also, mods. Mods um, is such a fascinating thing, because a mod is gen- usually, I mean, I'm sure higher-end streamers, maybe there's money involved, but are just people who love your channel and help keep it a nice place to be, largely for free. And the way that that naturally kind of comes about, at least in my experience, was so cool and fascinating. Like, for a while, it was just me modding my channel. I think there was just one day where people were like, hey, like, you you kind of trust me at this point, and I would totally mod your channel for you so you don't have to, like, always deal with these fucking <laughs> trolls or whatever yourself because you're trying to play a game. Like, why don't you mod me? And I was like, oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, I just had, like, a few cops in my chat. You know what I mean? <laughs> that just were like, I knew would just help me and take care of me, and I felt a lot safer once that happened. But I also was kind of blown away. I was like, you want to come and just do this for free? You know what I mean? A lot of these people are, like, at their day job. Yeah. Like, whatever, just kind of pop in and... It's so it was such a cool thing. And I mean, to me, that's kind of what's so the most mind blowing thing about Twitch is I think I went into it as like, I'm going to be a comedy guy and make people laugh for a living. And that's what I really want to do. And yes, that is a big part of Twitch. Uh, for me, but uh, I learned way more that um, it's really about community harvesting a community. That that is the most important thing, really. Is and is, then reaping them with a scythe of <laughs> parasocial harvesting, and you just get the donos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, and then you get and you the, process them. First, you get the community, then you get the donos. Um, yeah, and community building wasn't exactly what I went in on it for, and I had a lot to learn. I had a lot of growing pains with that. I'm, I don't know. Jake, you're early on in the streamer thing. I don't know where you're at with that, but I mean, I had the gamut of, you know, dealing with trolls, dealing with people. The worst version was people who weren't quite trolls, mm. but did just did just enough to kind of be awful, but not enough to be like, I, I need to ban you right now. That was always the worst. The, the ones who come in and just say terrible things, you can be like, all right, just ignore them and they'll go away or ban them if they keep going. But the worst was the people who were like supportive of the stream and you could tell they had good intentions, but they're just like bad at social stuff. And so you just don't, it's hard to like navigate that. Space. I mean, at least you never had to go through something. I mean, knock on wood yet uh, that uh-huh. like a famous streamer soda pop went through mm. where the creature showed up at his door <laughs> having said that he had drove driven for 17 uh. miles this was back in 2013 uh. and uh feeling guilty and not wanting to send him away he invited him into his house at which point uh the the fan known as the creature colloquially started <laughs> filming the inside of his house live streaming himself from inside Soda Poppin's house, refused to leave for like over a week until the uh, community was like, you have to get rid of this guy. This is not real. That's so weird. Yeah, I'm like terrified of someone just showing up at my door. But um, 
Yeah, it, it is. It, it is just a fascinating corner of it all. Anyways, um, so Twitch, Twitch. We haven't even gotten into the actual creation of Twitch. Uh, the Twitch's inception, again, you know, this name, uh, largely due to one of the founders, Emmett Shear, who has a love for video games and really just that was the category he most was drawn to. Um, he said, I'd like to say it was because gaming was the best vertical for business reasons. That would be like the rational reason. But in fact, it was just because I liked video games. It was the primary content on Justin.tv that I enjoyed consuming. And also he said, it's a lot of the same joy you get out of watching sports or the Olympics. It's competitive. You have someone you're rooting for. You want them to win. And so what he does, this next part, I loved reading, re- learning about this. What he does is so brilliant. He just picks up the phone and he just calls. He calls streamers on Justin.tv. He calls streamers on competitive streams. Mm-hmm. He calls people who don't like uh, stre- live streaming but are in the gaming space. He called reporters for gaming websites and things like that. He said, when I was first looking into getting into the gaming space, I decided the most important people in the space are the people who produce the content. So I decided what we would do is I would call everyone who broadcasted on the site already, everyone who used to broadcast on the site, but left because it wasn't good enough for them for some reason. Everyone who was doing something similar but had never done it live. So people who are on YouTube and were recording gaming sessions but had never tried broadcasting it live. And he asked them all the same eight questions that essentially get to the bottom of what they liked about the site already, and more importantly, what were their, quote, pain points, is what he calls it, or things about the site that made them not enjoy broadcasting there, and who's really trying to get to the bottom of what made it not fun to be a streamer on the site, and, you know, of course, obviously, what made it fun, but really focusing on those things that were keeping streamers away. Another important question was what these folks' motivation to do these streams were, and they were surprised to find that often it was, quote, to make money. That is actually not necessarily obvious from the beginning, (laughs) which is how they came to create the partner program, as well as other means to bring in income, and like bits, essentially Twitch bucks that you can throw at streamers. And when people ask me, um, I I usually give them the sell on Twitch, and people ask me, like, where should I start streaming? Because A... Uh, it's it, the usually it's well. I thought that was more just about gaming. I'm like, yes, it is most associated with gaming, but there is tons of content that's not gaming on the site. Most of the content I do, eh, half the content I do is not gaming related, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I just felt personally that Twitch, and I think since then it ha- these things have been adopted by stuff like YouTube and stuff. Um, I'm just trying not to knock Jake for going with YouTube, but all right. By the way, R.I.P. Mixer, Microsoft's uh, yes. streaming platform. Uh, who knew? Who knew? Giving uh, Tyler Ninja Blevins, uh, uh, I'm going to just say a gagillion oh. dollars was not enough to create an ecosystem no. and community. And Shroud. Oh, and Shroud. And both of them immediately went back to Twitch as soon as the whole thing folded and just continued on with their audience. Wow, what a what a fucking biff on <laughs> Microsoft's part. But regardless, uh, I just felt that they had cracked the code on monetizing mm. live streaming. I just felt like between the subscription model with the partnership, so the partnership program is, you know, when you become partner, you have a sub button. They've since changed it. We'll talk about affiliate in a second and the difference, but they made it a lot easier to get the sub button essentially by becoming an affiliate, which is pretty low bar to entry. And then it's kind of funny, the gap between becoming affiliate 
affiliate and becoming partner. You have to meet a bunch of things, have an average of like a hundred people watching. Generally, is one of the big ones. Well, and as you a know, business, be putting out a yeah, uh, you don't. You actually don't want to handle a lot of like low level transactions. That's like expensive. The banking infrastructure, the just moving all that money around and keeping track of all those individual transactions is actually a huge waste of time and money. Uh, which is why previous sites. You know, uh, <clears throat> even places like YouTube that had the money to do it would only like bother if you had crossed like immense thresholds for mm-hmm. like, you know, so that if they were going to send you money, it would be like one lump sum of like a couple thousand dollars that you right, earned. Right. Uh, and they just didn't want to bother with like because a small time streamer might be, uh, you know, doing it for five people on average yeah. and might only be earning two, three dollars every like hour streamed. And Twitch just went ahead and bit that bullet because they knew just letting people have that immediate feedback and making the barrier to entry that low would uh, build audiences, would attract talent, would actually get people to take that first step because it's because even if the people making the stuff that they're selling even if you're getting like you know i think early on maybe on a good month it was like 300 bucks a month i mean that was like a legitimate little source of income it wasn't paying my rent but uh it was just enough to be like oh, that's a part-time job it. that's yeah, a that's it's a like job. you're you're taking a couple shifts at your local cafe you're doing yeah. some retail work you're doing and just yeah. give you give you that tiny amount of reinforcement too of like okay good because you know especially jake and the reason i think i get really emotional talking about all this stuff i mean you did the same thing as me i mean it was a fucking decade of holding down a full-time job and then banging your head against the comedy wall every single night for absolutely free. I mean, all of those years of doing Roundtable, we showed up every Sunday and did that fucking show for free. And I'm just going to say, a very cramped, sweaty room. Very cramped, horrible smelling room. And so to finally just get, so as a comic in this space, to finally, the second you get 20 bucks for a stand-up set, it's like incredibly meaningful, you know? And even though it's not about, it's just not about the money at that point, it's about the recognition that you deserve compensation for the insane amounts of hard work that you've been doing for free for fucking years. And that's why I, I start to cry when I talk about that guy that donated, by the way, he donated like 500 bucks and said like, I believe in you, Aww. you know? And the reason why I cry, like it, talking about it's because like, you just, that was like the first time ever I had gotten any kind of, reinforcement like that that i should be doing this that Mm -hmm. that that i deserve to be doing this you know uh after fucking years (laughs) of not just like doing it for free but doing it for audiences that hate you for free you know i mean like uh you know the good nights are great but i mean it's not even a guarantee that you're gonna have a good night i mean it is just hard it was a hard thing to do there's a lot of struggle and uh so yeah getting to that point was like amazing and that's why i loved reading these quotes from Emmett because it was like oh man he built the groundwork to get me out of um day job hell (laughs) and i didn't even realize that was the intent from the beginning um so another important question. All right, did I see this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
They uh, also spend a lot of focus on another key desire from streamers, one that uh, one that is also so important, and that is growing one's audience, which we just talked about a little bit. This is where the implementation of being able to browse by game came about, as without it, and like you mentioned, Jake, mm-hmm. without it, someone passionate about a single game on the channel can't really get noticed if you don't have that feature. And for me personally, like everybody watches Twitch differently, and for me personally, I watch Twitch for... Um, you know, uh, Street Fighter. Mm. So I'll just go to Street Fighter. I found my my favorite guy's uh, uh, MDZ Jimmy, I believe it is. Um, But either way, he's a Ryu main Street Fighter streamer that streams like every day during the weekdays, right? Mm -hmm. And so as when I was getting really intense about Ryu uh, competitive play, I was watching his stream every day for hours because I just needed to like learn the fundamentals of that character and stuff like that. Whereas somebody else is watching just some dude walk through Tokyo and somebody else is trying to get better at League of Legends, you know, mm-hmm. and it just grows grows from there. And it said, in the end, if we can grow your audience by even just a small amount for most people, that's a huge deal. Going from zero to 20 is such a big deal. Even going from 1,000 to 1,500, if we can grow your audience 50% or something, that's a huge deal for people. We don't have to give everyone a million viewers. Um, and I love my nice little audience. I'm sure I could always make more money, but I kind of it's amazing because it's small enough where like we can have a really good time together and chat's not just moving a mile a minute, but it's big enough to like support me as a, a part-time job, essentially. Uh, they were also aware of another motivation we didn't talk about, Jake, that I know a lot of people use it for. Streaming just for your friends and just essentially bringing back those that era where you were all on the couch passing around the controller playing like Halo or something, you know, and watching each other play games. It just brought that vibe back. And so a lot of streamers, they don't, they're not trying to make money. They just want an excuse to just hang out with like five of their friends and 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 uh, watch gameplay. So the company had 100 employees by the end of 2013 and was headquartered in San Francisco and continued to just dig into the video games market, especially after their direct competitor, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Owned TV, Owned.TV, shut down that same year, making them the number one destination for esports, as well as general gaming streams. At this time, they had 43 million viewers on the site, and of course, this is the biggest tell that like Twitch had fully taken over. They completely shut down Justin.TV. Um, uh, around, uh, starting in 2014, and uh, like renamed the company Twitch Interactive, and just put their full focus on Twitch, and that is when they just went huge. Amazon acquires them in 2014 as well uh, for 970 million dollars. So uh, Justin Khan, who uh, at this point has a very weird, uh, like he's kind of a hustle, grind set, money guy um, streamer. He kind of like gives uh he has youtube talking head videos where he talks about the early days of being like a hustler in the dot-com era he talks about like his favorite nfts like he's just he's just a money tech money guy now this is my uh judgment of him watching a lot of his content and he talked about how uh tech money guy by the way my favorite hip-hop uh star (laughs) no you're thinking of tech nine uh friend of the rock tech nine um uh there was a bit of a bidding war going on where google desperately wanted to kind of shut down Twitch because they saw what a threat that represented to YouTube. And they had like assumed that at some point they would incorporate live functionality YouTube. Uh, And in many ways, it's still, despite all the resources that Google has, I'm sorry, Alphabet, fuck, whatever, um, has to like make it a thing on YouTube. The live functionality is still not as user focused as Twitch. Uh, But supposedly a number, uh, a billion dollars was leaked to the tech press and Google got cold feet. 
thinking that they were uh, might have gotten tagged by a monopoly lawsuit if they controlled both of the big video platforms online. Ah, that's why. Okay. Khan also details a story before even Google uh, got involved that it was uh, going to be Yahoo that bought them, also for a sum of money close to a billion dollars. And Justin broke off the deal after a meeting with Yahoo CEO Melissa Mayer, Marissa Mayer, Marissa Mayer, uh, who said like, yeah, it'll be great. There'll be like Twitch fashion and Twitch landscaping and like Twitch shopping and Twitch, like all this other stuff. And he was like, no, we got popular for being gaming. If we just like stop being that, like it'll be a disaster. Uh, ironically enough, now Twitch is a lot of things that aren't gaming. If and any, on any given night, just chatting is a way bigger category than any individual game on the site. Um, but it wasn't until the offer from Amazon uh, started rolling up that things got serious. And according to Khan, uh, they were finalizing the deal. And there was a couple of like pain points between the two negotiating teams. And they weren't sure whether or not it was going to go through. Uh, Khan then got up and left to go to Burning Man because, as I said, he's a tech <laughs> money guy. So, of course, he had to go on the eve of a billion-dollar deal that would secure wow. his like life for the rest he of his term. probably on acid, yeah. That <laughs> he parties. There's no cell service. He like helps build an art car. He just loves Burning Man. Uh, he finds a friend on the day after the deal was supposedly supposed to be signed. Uh, she has half a bar of 2G service and he like picks up the phone, calls his business associate and he's like, how'd it go? And the business associate just says, congratulations, you might want to look into getting a better place. <laughs> That's amazing. And and Amazon Prime actually, you know, especially, you know, say what you want about Amazon and, and Bezos and all that. Uh, they really did, in a way, give a bump to the site, especially with if you have an Amazon Prime account. And yes, I'm about to solicit because uh, please come to twitch.tv forward slash holdnator. So if you didn't know this, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can you get a free sub a month to any channel of your choosing. So if you sub to me. It costs you nothing, and it helps pay my whole ass. Uh, that it Twitch helps Prime pay thing my bills. is such a it's brilliant huge. fucking move because for a lot of people, uh, the idea of subscribing to a streamer is just unheard of. You don't yeah. pay a you. I mean, YouTube now covers that. Like, uh, there's now memberships with YouTube, but it's like you, it's just it's a mental block. You don't subscribe totally. well, you pay, to your I favorite. I, I pay the same amount for like Apple TV. It's like five bucks a month. So why would I, you know what I mean? So the one to one on that feels a little odd unless yeah. you're watching it all day, every day. You know what I mean? Or watching you don't it pay for your favorite morning zoo show on the radio, which is what uh, old people used to do while they were at their day jobs. You don't pay, you know, but Mitch, having that prime ready to go every month just breaks that barrier. You see the, uh, you get the same notification on screen. As everyone else, the streamer, you know, if they're not too big, goes, oh, hey, thanks. And that in, you get you get the dopamine rush and you understand it all of a sudden clicks into place. And then the next sub that you pay real money for isn't that big of a deal. It isn't, you know, it all kind of uh, and the fact that it refreshes every month. So you're kind of you forget about it. You're watching somebody and you're like, oh, yeah. And you can support people. It's such a brilliant move. It's it really is. Uh, because changing people's behavior, like actually getting them to take that next leap in between this is a free thing, you don't pay for free things, to no, I am supporting this thing I love. Was, yeah, yeah. Is, it's, 
you know, there's entire other online businesses that are still struggling with that Rubik's Cube on how to actually make that work. Yeah, so I went partner, by the way, like last year. Um, it took fucking five years or something for me to finally get partner. And uh, uh, so talking about right place, right time. In 2017, when I went full time, that is when Twitch launched their affiliate program, the way lower barrier to entry in order to meet the requirements. So it's 500 total minutes broadcast over 30 days, at least seven broadcast days over that time, an average of just three concurrent viewers and uh, or more and at least 50 followers. For someone like me that was like totally, I had a sub button in like a month, mm-hmm. right? And that totally changed the game for tons of people like me. I would not have had a sub button until last year if they hadn't added that. It's like unbelievable that I just lucked out with that. And then in 2019, they updated their logo and site design, added a creepy ad campaign slogan. You're already one of us. Jesus. Jake. I know, right? I was like, why? And in October of 2021, uh, by the way, another big happening in the, in the history, an anonymous hacker leaked a ton of Twitch content, including its source code and the details of payouts. Oh, wait, we're jumping to this year? We're, we're just jumping? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, this, is the, this is the timeline. I want to go. I want to talk about. I, wanna, I have a few other. Uh, yeah. Co- copyright. Uh, mature content and hot tubs. Yes, you heard that right. Hot tubs. Oh, hold on, hold on. We got stuff okay, like that, but I was just throwing that out there. Okay, so the in the mythology yeah. of Twitch, what I've kind of been learning by shotgunning lots of YouTube explainer videos and watching a lot of Twitch is that because the environment is changes so rapidly, uh, there's what a lot of uh, longtime Twitch uh, viewers call metas, where uh-huh. a specific kind of content kind of becomes dominant. And uh, sometimes it's a game like League of Legends or World of Warcraft or Minecraft or uh, PUBG uh, kind of, or I'm sorry, not uh, PUBG, uh, H1Z1 giving birth to PUBG, giving birth to Fortnite, giving birth to Apex Legends. Uh, Sometimes something as simple as Pokemon Go uh, being a game that you play outside opens the door for IRL streamers who uh, previously... Uh, believe it or not, you were actually kind of discouraged from just kind of filming yourself out in the world uh, on Twitch until Pokemon Go became a thing. And then all of a sudden it was a rules gray area. Speaking of Pokemon, another meta was uh, recently has been uh, Pokemon card pack openings. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, That's the thing. Hugely popular uh, one like as of a few months ago. Twitch plays Pokemon in 2014, giving birth yes. to all these like scripts and bots where the chat kind of automatically uh, plays games or does things uh, in in the stream IRL. Which, by the way, we could do a whole ass episode on Twitch Plays Pokemon. Uh, All hail Lord Helix. All hail the Bird Jesus. All hail the King Fonz. Like, whatever. That was a whole deal. Let's just say really quickly, a bot was created so that people in chat could give commands to directly to a Pokemon game and ended up getting like thousands of people watching. So the chaos that ensued was insane. But what's almost more insane was the game actually got beat by chat like a a month or something. Yeah, but they incorporated democracy mode. It it, it ruined it. It's, it, it, you know, <laughs> but hundreds of thousands of people watching the same little uh, poke, you know, red uh, just struggle to, like, make it through Giovanni's maze. Like, it's it's uh, it's that kind of emergent content that got people excited. Um, and uh, but, you know, there's uh, it kind of as much as it opened stuff up, it also kind of made things like a little too real. Uh, People started getting swatted and mugged on camera when they walked out into the world playing Pokemon Go. Uh, There was uh, a streamer named Ice Poseidon 
who kind of created this entire like community of weird uh I I mean it's it's like Howard Stern's The Whack Pack where these like fans would like kind of come out and like confront him IRL and they became part of this shared universe that fans were glued to. Uh Andy Milanakis ended up kind of becoming a fixture of Ice Poseidon streams. Uh-huh. And Andy Milanakis, uh famously of the Andy Milanakis show on MTV, uh kind of started just filming himself, uh streaming himself eating dinner and reacting to YouTube videos, thus kind of creating the uh React Andy, the 5K Andy, all of these like uh, terms built out of this. Uh, eventually, there was just so much, uh, so much weird stuff. Ice Poseidon started something called the CX Network with him and his friends, a uh, brutal streamer house kind of deal, which they would just fight each other on camera in like illicit MMA fights. Uh, one stream that went too far was like a fake Stanford experiment thing that they did with members of the house. Like, uh, you know, Stanford prison experiment. Uh, one member of the house, a controversial figure named Hampton Brandon, was getting chased by a fan and got hit by a car live on stream. And like all these things were like exciting and new, but where, uh, you know, where Twitch did not want this to happen. Like, you know, it's the, the drama and all these things were happening that were making people, uh, the, the personalities like bump up against each other. And kind of create all these uh, publicity headaches for Twitch. Uh, something like the CSGO gambling controversy. I think that yes. was 2016. Yes, they started yeah, doing, it was real gambling essentially was going on. And, it's, uh, yeah. uh, so CSGO. But, but, oh, that's what it was. So, so yeah, they were. It 2015, was, um, CSGO was big in a huge way. Europe versus North America. Cloud9 Gaming. These legendary, uh, these legendary uh, teams. The height of the eSport. Uh, there were all sorts of weird controversies before that. Uh, a team sponsored by iBuyPower uh, purposefully threw a game live on stream, and it was so obvious and horrifying. But they bet against themselves because they had like eight to t- like you know like eighty to twenty odds uh, against them, and they just threw the game and made like thousands of dollars off that live on stream, uh, and all of these. Uh, but another thing was the skins, the weapon skins on this highly competitive game, this highly publicized game, this major esport started get, getting worth a lot of money. And these third party sites allowed you to bet and gamble and give you a chance to win these expensive high value skins. It's like a slot machine. Yeah. And so these streamers would advertise this slot machine. They'd show themselves little, playing and get massive and payouts. Yeah. 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 And winning big. And it was all totally rigged and uh, total. They total owned bullshit. the gambling sites. They were playing with house money and didn't reveal it to the kids. And a lot of uh, kind of Twitch historians talk about getting caught up in losing a lot of their parents' money in these, like, scams. Yeah, it was pretty fucking heinous, uh, totally. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And then there's hot tubs. Can we talk about hot tubs for a second? Oh, uh, hot thing? tubs? That's like so two, 2019. There's like all sorts <laughs> of weird shit. That's tw- I think it was 2020. I think it was, it was more recent. Um, so, But I think really it also speaks towards the whole mature content policy with Twitch. And that has been an interesting point of contention in the meta, for sure. Essentially, uh, streamers on the channel kind of doing horny stuff. I also want to say like... I uh, no disrespect from my end. I'm just trying to unpack this informationally, and I don't want us to get into like um, should this or shouldn't this be a thing? Because I don't know. I you know what I mean. I it's a nuanced thing. I'm sure I have opinions, but I I don't want to really get into it in that way. But I will just say, um, streamers. Uh, the general uh, stuff is streamers cannot play any game adult uh, rated adults only by the Entertainment Software Rating Board. Any game that contains overtly sexual content or gratuitous violence. There are actual banned games like. Like BMX, XXX, <laughs> Honey Pop, which uh, I have played. It's very fun. A horny uh, match three game uh, that uh, you cannot play. Second Life, just because of how horny and weird Second Life is. Um, and then there's the whole hot tubs thing. And uh, so back in 2016, Twitch officially updated their policies to allow for streamers to no longer have to stream gaming content. They added an IRL category and a just chatting category, and these became extremely popular on the site. With some folks doing the old school Justin.tv kind of stuff, like you said, walking around on the streets, other people just hanging out on their PC, but just chatting with with their community, um, which uh, I do a couple times a week. There are also, there's also another category of streamer, does sort of like, it's not like cam girl stuff but it's like you know there's sort of uh they're they're dressed maybe seductively there's you know uh, one example okay one example is if uh, for this type of stream this person would have a whiteboard behind them on the floor and every time somebody subscribed they or d- donated a certain amount they would add their name to the board and oh wouldn't you know because it's down on the floor and it's uh behind them they have to bend over <laughs> uh revealing um their uh buttocks uh very seductively whilst they wrote that down little things like that little things that toe the line of content policy stuff right twitch but are are allowed or are not allowed right they just sort of are are being horny right uh in this way um and there's all types of ways to kind of find ways to be sexy on a stream. Playing just dance uh, is can be one if they're dressed a certain way and they're kind of flaunting it and and doing that sort of thing. Uh, performing ASMR became a huge meta, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I remember when that started going down. It's still a thing. Go on right now and you'll watch some lady dressed very sexy licking on ears. Uh, so fake okay, ears. this is the thing. ASMR is also worthy of its own episode because it is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and I have I have so adult weird. ass friends pushing like. 40-year-old men and women that will 100% go on YouTube and, like, listen to a soft-spoken person crinkle paper or, like, uh, do a surround sound version of, like, a haircut. There's all sorts of things where you get that brain tingling and you find it relaxing. 
the ASMR category on Twitch, even uh, just doing a test when we were watching Twitch on the study I'm watching one right now. I'm literally watching one right now. The very was first a woman, I'm going ASMR. to say tongue-fucking a pair of stereo <laughs> microphones. It Jane, was the terrifying. Woman, the woman right now is doing some crazy stuff to this ear right now, <laughs> and she had whispering stuff into it. And it's very, it is it is very arousing, I would probably say, uh, you know, if I was a t- sort of person who watched these from time to time. Now, um, this means you are either a uh, 12-year-old boy who is uh, just getting excited by the female form, or you are a grown-ass adult in a country like Turkey or uh, Thailand or Indonesia or someplace with actually very strict internet uh, pornography filters, and Twitch is literally the only site with just like real life women that are showing cleavage that you have access to? Yes. Uh, And so... That's how we get to hot tubs. A new thing that was figured out was that by including this uh, lukewarm plastic hot tub that's just sitting in their home, they could maybe do a little extra stuff in terms of what they're wearing and stuff that they're doing. Wearing a bikini in your bedroom, gross, exploitative, pornographic. (laughs) Wearing a bikini while you're sitting in a hot tub, well, what are you supposed to be wearing? I guess straddling, yeah. by the way, in a bikini, straddling a very penis shaped um, plastic raft. Mm. Right. That's the <laughs> this is another element of it. So the reason why is due to the attempts to skirt around Twitch's policies on sexually suggestive content and nudity and attire. So here's some examples of things not allowed on the site. Because I think this is really fascinating stuff. And this is kind of where we get into like. A company making decisions about content, kind of like we saw uh, with uh, the end of this last presidency and Twitter, mm-hmm. right? And uh, with like vaccine misinformation and things like that. And companies finally have Facebook, to step more in Facebook. and say like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but fi- well, but still, the pre- president was banned, yeah. <laughs> you know, on Twitter, which is kind of fucking crazy and, when and you think Facebook. about it. And Facebook and all of it, everything. But the the so here's some examples of things not allowed on Twitch. Content or camera focus on breasts, buttocks, or pelvic region, including poses that deliberately highlight these elements. Groping or explicit gestures directed towards breasts, buttocks, or genitals. So, so I think the whiteboard on the ground thing was was uh, banned or and frowned upon eventually. By the way, fetishizing behavior or activities such as focusing on body parts for sexual gratification or erotic role play, simulated sex acts or sexual stimulation, and that's where ASMR comes in because. If it's under the guise of ASMR and not like a, let's say, dildo, you know what I mean? Um, they can get around that and they can kind of do what this thing says they shouldn't be allowed to do. Using or featuring sex toys in, con- in context and related to sexual education, um, which, by the way, is why Last Podcast Left got that early ban with the Baldo, uh, <laughs> if anybody remembers that. Um, erotic dances, such as those involving stripping or flashing, as well as pole dances or acrobatics with sexually suggestive framing. So just dance mm. instead of pole dance. So now I'm playing a video game and I'm dancing in a sort of s- suggestive way, but uh, it's a game. I can do it. And as for nudity and attire... Here are some policies from their community guidelines page as well. We don't permit streamers to be fully or partially nude, including exposing genitals or buttocks. We do not permit the visible outline of genitals, even when covered. Broadcasting nude or partially nude, minors... uh 
is uh, nude minors is always pro- prohibited regardless of context. So, for, uh, uh, and for those who present as women, we ask that you cover your nipples. We do not permit exposed underbust. Uh, cleavage is unrestricted as long as these coverage requirements are met. For all streamers, you must cover the area extending from your hips to the bottom of your pelvis and buttocks. For those areas of the body where, uh, where coverage is required, the coverage must be fully opaque, sh- opaque, sheer or partially see-through. Clothes does not constitute coverage. So, keeping all of that in mind, the perfect way to show some ass and some titty, but keep it justified on Twitch is to wear a bikini because you are in a pool, a hot tub, or at a beach, and therefore you are contextually justified, which is why we ended up with this weird meta where in just literally in like the living room of this streamer's house is a plastic quote-unquote hot tub but it's not on or whatever. It's just like lukewarm water, and they're just sitting in it <laughs> in their house in a, in a bikini and literally going like, trying on my next bikini after I get 10 more subs. I mean, it's pretty like, it became pretty blatant, you know? So, I, and, what and, gets and again, me, I don't really side one way or the other. But no, no, okay, okay. It is fascinating. As someone yeah, who is fascinated that, with like uh, the human capacity for innovation around limitations, Anytime one of these quote unquote metas emerge, I find it fascinating. Yeah, totally. Uh, I just go ahead and as a adult man in America with plentiful access to actual pornography and human women, (laughs) I don't actually am. I'm not compelled by it. Uh, There is like a weird dark mirror where you talk about Twitch streamers and all that. There's like this contingent of people that are like mad at quote unquote booby streamers or Uh like someone who feels like genuinely upset that there are women that like. Yeah, they'll have a low-cut, like, sweatshirt, and they'll show cleavage while playing Overwatch or something. As if, like, there's a finite amount of eyeballs in the universe, and that the people watching... The people you are... Like, the idea that there are people who are exclusively watching this woman just for her cleavage and not her personality and not, like, anything else happening, who would then be like, this... Wait a minute. I should be watching... Uh, Incel Gary stream. I just, what am I doing here? I'm gonna go watch Incel Gary instead of her because this isn't fair. Like I did, it's not. I I'm always I always raise an eyebrow when someone gets too mad at this. Yeah, because like I don't know how to tell. Like if you're in the world, yes, there are women who act nice in order to get compensation from men. That is part of being a person is you act nice and give people what they want in order to survive in the world. Your favorite dude streamer is also like, you think he really is like that hype to let's go like where we drop in boys? Like, no, he's also just giving people what they want. Get over it. I'm not, I don't know why. It's just whenever we, whenever this topic is brought up, it feels like there's like a weird toxic bubble. And, uh, and uh-huh. like, like, yes, that's why I did the, that's why yeah. I did the long preface. Cause I'm just like, I'm not sitting, I'm not trying to like shit on this. It's just no. such a weird thing that happened in the, in no, the it's meta super Twitch. weird. It's super fascinating. Well, especially cause this next bit. So this next yeah. bit here, keeping all that in mind, this all existed primarily in the quote, just chatting category. And that is one of the most popular categories of the site. It's mm-hmm. usually at the very top. If not the number one, it is up there. And this is why it receives a ton of backlash um, because it essentially, it's one of the first things you see, right? Mm-hmm. And it associates the site with a sort of horny cam girl vibe, right? And um, 
that doesn't have anything to do with video games. It, it's it's also skirting around content policies, and also you know this is when they have to acknowledge the advertisers. And there are definitely advertisers that wouldn't want to be associated with that type of content. They just don't. And so the sol- solution to me was quite pretty surprising. Was actually totally like condoning it, but they just moved it to a hot tubs. Yeah beaches and pools category so they're totally like you guys can keep doing this horny thing but we're just gonna push you over here so that if advertisers can decide not to advertise on your category if they want and also the most popular um you know uh uh category on the site or one of the most isn't isn't associated with what you're doing is it you know and it's and it immediately did push it down i'm scrolling right now it's it's well below asmr it's it's down here yeah. right uh yes it's way 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 down um but it is there and there are uh tons of ladies in hot tubs in their living room right now streaming uh currently so speaking of uh category shenanigans another great moment uh great meaning uh of large uh impact not necessarily positive or approved of was in 2018 Valve launched uh, what many considered a dead-on-arrival collectible digital card game called Artifact, mm. meant to compete with Hearthstone or uh, what's the one from The Witcher? What's that Witcher-ass Gwent. card game? Gwent. Um, and just, it had such a little pop, like nobody cared right off the bat. And so uh, the community started posting uh, exclusively controversial uh, content under the Artifact tab to the point where uh, the... Category started uh, trending with no actual gameplay involved. It was just people reposting anime, posting movies, uh, a couple cases of pornography, and like uh, just illegal content, uh, all under the under the artifact tab. Because uh, the community, again, they're a little bit trolly. They're a little bit uh, sassy. You know that 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 uh, that anti-authority gamer heart kind of is uh-huh. just flowing throughout the underbase of this site. That's why I kind of love it, because it's kind of, uh, yeah, exactly, kind of that. I mean, it's the only website where, like, even after the 2016 election, you can see a wall of Pepe's, like, uh, sad Pepe's, uh, mad Pepe's, scared Pepe's, dancing Pepe's, little peepees, uh, happy uh, Pepegas, sad Sages, Monka S, like, all of these variations to the point where a symbol as loaded with uh, political and cultural implications as a Pepe in this space is um, is robbed completely of all those connotations uh, to the point where even like leftist streamers uh, like Hassan Hassanabi uh, is like fully embraces the uh, the Pepe iconography because in the context of Twitch. It is just this every fraud. Another really interesting part of this whole thing is the copyright policy stuff. And there there were more recent developments in this back in 2014. And by the way, if you want to learn the history of how video games became uh, able to be streamed on the internet without a lot of this copyright issue, listen to our Rooster Teeth episode, Mm. interestingly enough. It actually tells that whole backstory. I'm not going to get into that. But in terms of like copyright and music and uh, movies and TV, um, back in 2014, a software was introduced by a content protection company Audible Magic onto the site that muted copyrighted music uh, it detected on the videos on demand. However, this would not have an effect on live broadcast. You could totally live broadcast it. Your stream would be a little fucked as a VOD, but even then, it doesn't even remove it. It just mutes that part of the stream, and then it 
turns the sound back on after. So it was it wasn't that big of a deal. But in June of 2020, the site got on a and a huge amount of DMCA takedown notices for copyrighted music from VODs spanning from 2017 to 2019 and therefore had to issue a bunch of copyright strikes. They also notified streamers, They which is, again, protecting the streamers. They were like, hey, this shit's going down. Go and remove all of the VODs that you have or clips that, that might have copyrighted material in it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. though, for a lot of streamers who stream for hours and hours on end and tons of copyrighted material, but still, at least they were communicating. And, you know, I even got the same note when I did talk to somebody at Twitch uh, uh, about that. And essentially... What's scary about it, if, especially if you do stream a lot of copyright material, which I might sometimes, um, uh, it's literally just waiting for the technology to catch up, yeah. essentially, to be able to crack down on it better, and it just hasn't got, quite gotten there yet. I mean, except uh, someone who streams on YouTube, uh, let me tell you, over on Google side of things, they got that technology down pat. Yeah. Dear God. Another weird, like, um, ban thing that has happened recently that caused controversy uh, is banning words, but banning words like virgin, incel, and simp. And it be- actually, I mean, uh, they were trying to cut breaking, down on Breaking news, Holden, uh, adding to the list now, cracker. A ton of yes, people got clapped for uh, yeah. using the word cracker because it is a racial slur, according to their guidelines. So, yeah, they were trying to do this to reduce the toxicity of chat. Uh, apparently, um, the, the research showed that these words like shot up in usage <laughs> as soon as they did that. So I'm not sure how much it was used. But another example is banning emotes. Um, there's a very popular emote, PogChamp, uh, that was taken down. Essentially, when you do something that was like kind of kind of awesome on the stream or something like that, like that's where the word Pog comes from hog champ is uh the uh booming face of a uh former uh i'm street fighter uh kind of semi-pro who uh went by the name of gutex and who had an early hit youtube video within gamer culture where he played pogs with other youtubers and he won uh the face of a of this uh man with a uh, ducked out lips going ooh was synonymous with hype with moments of great expectations and great power and um to the point where the uh the actual emote and the phrase like pog champ and oh this is poggers poggers is was a similar emote i think off of uh the extension better twitch tv which built its own emote culture uh kind of uh, entered the vernacular at the exact moment that it had reached a full saturation point. The January 6th uh, Capitol riot happened, and Gutex, the man at this point long forgotten as the actual face of the emote, uh, released a lot of tweets in support of the rioters, causing a great uh, backlash. And that is when Twitch stepped in to replace it. Yeah, really, really interesting stuff. And definitely now it's, the was it Komodo of, hype is the one they ended up settling on. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, so it's so bizarre. Also, um, more recently, blind playthrough. Uh, the blind playthrough tag was removed because uh, they didn't want to be offensive to blind people. So now it's a first playthrough tag. Mm. Little things like that. There's a lot, you know. It's just an interesting conversation, like what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed, what's you know, and I think some of it's silly, and I think some of it's legit, you know. But it, it's can it's I still post Craigasm whenever I see a booba on stream? <laughs> yeah. If absolutely. I see a booba, can I still post Craigasm? And I think really a lot of people started hearing about Twitch. It's become 
much more um, of a in the in the general lexicon, especially after a couple of streams like Ninja streaming with Drake, uh, which broke streaming records and pulled in 635,000 concurrent viewers. More recently, 2020, U.S. House Representative uh, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez streamed Among Us with a bunch of people and as a way to talk about political stuff happening in the House. And, and when you have like these like high profile people doing streams like, oh shit, Twitch is like, wow, like Twitch is bigger than it it, it ever, ever was thought it was going to be. So uh, very, it's very cool very, stuff. It's very, the, 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 what I find so bizarre and captivating about Twitch is at any given moment on Twitch.tv, on any random weekday, barring a big celebrity event or uh, something like the Game Awards where people just go to watch a live stream. A lot of e, uh, esports events are hosted on Twitch and those are yeah. like big. You get like millions of people watching uh, through that. But on any given day, like the top performing live channel might only be bringing in, I say only, but like 30 to 60K viewers, mm-hmm. uh, which compared to like a YouTube channel that like some larger channels get millions and millions of views in their first like hour of posting, the waves, the way that the community kind of profligates memes and uh, the culture of Twitch kind of emanates out of these relatively uh, insular communities, I find fascinating. The impact of Twitch on internet on the internet culture is massively outsized to like the actual amount of people watching it at any given second. That is fascinating. I, uh, I, uh, my last little section here, famous bands, uh, definitely, you know, talking about the hot tub, ASMR band, streamers, Amaranth and, uh, Indie Fox recently, Indie Fox, I think got perma banned cause she was like really, really <laughs> like vocal about, you know, being, she was kind of almost like bullying Twitch yeah. with like, just like, they're just going to unban me again. This doesn't even matter. Like just so s- snooty about it. Um, so she, I believe she got perma banned. Uh, Amaranth still streams to this day, but they, they always constantly get uh, these, kind of hot tub or ASMR streamers uh, kind of toe the line and cross it and get banned. Then there's Dr. Disrespect, who I mentioned earlier, had a long history of finding the line before getting permanently banned from the site. At one point uh, during an E3, he went into a public bathroom while streaming, which went against Twitch's privacy rules and uh, I think the laws of California, the state he was in. He also was accused of racism for mocking Chinese accents on streams. And his final ban is still a mystery to the public. And I definitely encourage you to go look up his final final stream on Twitch because it ends so weirdly just his final moments of his final stream it's just ominous he like he starts just talking he's like we're gonna get through this we're gonna get through this and at one point he just goes fuck and just like ends the stream and um, he ends up he ends up going to YouTube I believe he's still there currently but he's he doing does, fine <laughs> he claims to personally know why he was banned and he also claims he will be suing the site allegedly so we'll see how that goes you mentioned XQC uh, has has been banned for tons of stuff accidentally showing porn anime boobs um one time he got banned just for showing footage of two monkeys banging <laughs> and uh that <laughs> that's uh you know i mean and then there's more insidious stuff uh xqc still on the site leafy however has been perma banned i believe from youtube oh twitch God. everywhere because he's that kind he's just the, like the ultimate troll streamer he would just put out all these videos like shitting on other streamers and going mm-hmm. after maybe uh, you know other streamers with disabilities going after he's like that ultimate like just douchey little kid fucker little fuck face guy. Um, I was just like going down the, the leafy hole. I mean, there's and, you know, a lot of fuck faces out there and yeah. it Twitch gave them a home because, you know, maybe they're not, uh, you know, there's not enough of them to build a marketing empire or like to get sponsorships, but there's definitely enough to get like 
couple thousand subs and a couple million VOD views off of drama and off of trolling and off of all this crazy stuff. And it's hard to really get into, and I'm not really going to get into it, but I would also just say, of course, just like everything else around a certain recent time period during the Me Too movement and whatnot, um, tons of sexual harassment claims were wrought upon different various streamers uh, while all that was going on. You can look up, there's tons of videos on that stuff online. It's very disturbing, and I'm glad that they were able to do a little bit of how housekeeping and and get rid of a lot of uh, bad eggs um, back in like I believe 2019 uh, and so yeah that was uh, that was great and again it's the wild wild west so yeah. obviously if it's going on in like Hollywood I mean it's going on in spades in the just fucking crazy ass anybody can make an account streaming yeah. you know and become famous streaming world um and i guess i'll wrap up on this i mean you know uh as as of 2020 i was partnered um it kind of legitimizes you kind of makes you feel like yeah i'm a professional streamer i can now actually say that uh i do it on a pro level even though i'm janky as fuck um and that came about because of matt from Streamlabs, dude shout outs to you he was a fan of uh the last podcast network and the various shows and popped into my stream and i started working with him on Streamlabs stuff and he connected me to a guy from twitch and so i didn't have to um apply for my partnership in fact i applied once i got denied and immediately gave me those feelings again of trying to like <laughs> break through in the entertainment industry and i was like fuck it i don't even need a partnership i'll just keep doing my thing and who gives a shit and maybe i'll try again like in a couple years but i it's just it was the last thing on my mind and all of a sudden i have this meeting with this guy from twitch and after just a little bit maybe 10 minutes of talking to him about my uh history and everything he said i'm gonna immediately uh fast track you into a partnership it sounds like you're the type of people we you know we love on the site you 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 love the, uh the you know you love to stream you you innovate you um are dedicated you're consistent and i finally got that uh that green light from someone from an industry from a an authoritative figure <laughs> to say yes you belong as well so uh, if it wasn't for my community if it wasn't for just you you just random mm-hmm. people uh, who discovered my podcast or my stream or whatever it is. Um, if it wasn't for you, I never would have gotten there. I don't think. I don't think I ever would have gotten uh, a partnership. A, a I'm glad you mark. talked to uh, Matt and not uh, 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 Hassan with two S's, not uh, Hassanabi, uh, a Twitch staffer that was revealed to have been grooming and abusing female streamers, nah, nah. dangling uh partnership fast tracks with them in leaked uh transcripts no this other guy was head of uh like partnerships yeah, and yeah. stuff and so uh, thanks to those guys uh specifically but also to everybody in my community who um just got me on that path uh and got me got me to that place because uh yeah i couldn't have done it without you so thank you so much and this was a really fun episode to do because i am just so passionate about this uh this website and this channel and all the things about it and even all the weird things that i have nothing to do with are fascinating we didn't even talk about like twitch has like a annual twitch con um now that i'm partnered i could actually probably just go it's I think, in san diego and, and right invite for that I think so. So yeah, maybe I'll try to do that, and we could talk about that. I didn't get to talk about Awesome Games Done Quick, the uh, speedrunning community. That's worth angle its own episode. Twitch. We're gonna give it its own episode, uh, but I think we just about covered it. And I acknowledge that there's literally no way we could cover everything about this. So if we didn't cover something you give a big shit about when it comes to Twitch, I am sorry. Maybe it'll get its due someday. But it's literally just impossible to talk about everything that is uh, this this site and what it does. All right, Jake. Anything else? From 
from you. No, I think uh, I think that covers it. It's an amazing corner of the internet, one that I think uh, will be affecting the world we live in for a generation onwards. Or it'll go away in a month, and that's the scary side of my job. <laughs> I mean, listen, just because the website I worked for uh, fired everyone and disappeared one day out of the blue doesn't mean... That, uh, okay, yes, several dot-coms all (laughs) shut down randomly, kind of rug-pulling everyone along for the ride. But Amazon isn't going away. They have the money to back this up. Um, You can follow me on YouTube, where I do VTuber streams. (laughs) YouTube, that's right. The website that wasn't built exclusively. Explicitly for streaming, but they're trying. You know, they're but trying they see over what's at going e- on everywhere else, and they adapt it and uh, adapt yeah. to it and adopt it. So uh, check out YouTube.com/slash Puppet Jared, where you can see my streams. I uh, have a lot of fun, especially on Thursdays, uh, where we do the cartoon dumpster, where I go through the bottom bin of uh, the cartoons of the '80s and '90s, and we. Just all kind of stare, jaws aghast at the horrors and beautiful nonsense that uh, we all consider children's entertainment during that time. Check me out on twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Come on by. I love it when Whisbrew fans pop in and just say, hey, I love the last episode on Demon Slayer or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and uh, appreciate you. And uh, sorry I cried, but I'm not going to apologize because sometimes I think people need to hear more grown men mm-hmm. crying. Okay? So it's fucking fine. Okay? I'm, I'm starting therapy in a, in a week or so as yeah. well. I'm just throwing that out there. It's important. I'm normalizing that as well. Um. Yeah, also um, check me out, uh, check us out on patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. We do weekly bonus content over there. Uh, And I think that's about it. Uh, All right. Hey, and always remember never stop bruising and keep on whizzing. All these emotes, wondering how to spell that. Now we're older. Everyone's moved on But I remember Twitch chat From those days that are gone Twitch emotes From long ago Made you feel You're not alone Kappa Pog Champ Keep a forehead Bible thumb Twitch emotes. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.